What's going on, everybody? As you can see, I'm checking in from what I'm gonna call my mobile office. Um, <laughs> been running around all week like a chicken with my head cut off, but know that I'm still bringing you a new episode of the podcast. Um, I sat down with someone that was a freaking awesome guest. I loved our conversation that we had, and I think you guys are gonna love it too. It's pretty easy. All you gotta do is tell your friends, tell your family. We're all about old school word of mouth marketing. So if you like what you hear, obviously give me a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel on YouTube, listen on Spotify, uh, Anchor, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple Podcasts. All of those have different ways to show your support, show your love. I appreciate every bit of love that you guys share with me. So um, keep supporting the podcast. I have awesome guests lined up. This guy's this guy was one of my favorite, to be honest with you. Like 100%, if I'm being real and transparent, this guy is the real deal. We could all learn a little something. I definitely did. I hope you guys do too. It doesn't only apply to sport, but he is heavily involved in sports. So just know that going into this. I'm not going to spoil anything with this intro. You guys are going to have to tune in to find out who the guest is. I guess, I guess that's where I leave it. I'm sitting in my mobile office. I got to get back to work. Enjoy the episode. Do what you got to do to show it love. Have a good weekend. What's going on, everybody? It's a new episode of All the Best Things. This week, we have one of the most special guests I think we've had on the show. I'll let you guys determine that here shortly, but he is more than qualified, probably overly qualified to be on this show. Uh, he's already worked for a master's degree uh, in kinesiology and sports psychology. He's currently working on another master's degree, I believe, in organizational leadership from Arizona State. Uh, he is the uh, founder of uh, MVP Mindset Consulting, and we're going to dive into that here in a little bit. And to top it all off, the cherry on top, the mental skills coordinator for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Please welcome to the show, Zach Brandon. Zach, welcome. Yeah, Jake, thanks for having me. Looking forward to uh, uh, checking in and, and just talking shop on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. So I listed off a whole bunch of stuff that, that you're involved with. Tell us a little bit about, first off, what a mental skills coordinator does and kind of what their responsibilities are, and, and then dive in a little bit to uh, what the MVP mindset consulting is that you do. Yeah, so I think from the... I would say the bulk of my work is focused on our organization with the Diamondbacks. And I think if I were to kind of sum up uh, what that role entails, it's to kind of oversee all of our mental performance services for our players and our coaches kind of across every level. So uh, I think most of the world has become quite familiar with, you know, strength and conditioning and the benefits of training the body. Sure. And uh, so that way you can be at your best. I think the world is starting to, understand what role the mind plays and and maybe what's most exciting is that you can train the mind just like you train the body in different ways and there's a lot of different skills and abilities tools techniques things that we can use um, so that way your mind allows your body to to do what it's trained to do so that way you can reach kind of your full potential so um, that's I think in in kind of a nutshell and really fortunate to get to work with uh, two others that we have on our staff, mental skills coaches, who um, our job is, like I said, to, to help our players uh, reach their full potential, um, try to help the organization win games. And, and uh, there's a lot of different things that go into that, but 
uh, it's definitely uh, a really fun opportunity just to um, help our players be the best versions of themselves. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, what, let me ask you this in, in today's kind of culture and world and everything uh, mental skills, obviously as, as a coordinator, you see it firsthand, but it's been brought to the forefront a little bit more in, in recent um, experiences and stuff. How, how has like the whole COVID and, and just being quarantined and obviously baseball was run differently this last year than in years past. How has all of that kind of changed your guys's approach into helping these guys out with, with day-to-day mentality, skills, training, and things like that? You know, it's interesting because when it, we first shifted to quarantine life, in some ways I was like, we're, we should be prepared for this in many ways because there's only three of us in our department and we had over 250 players in the organization. And uh, that's a lot of players, a lot of staff also to attend to and try to support. Yeah. And I think a, big, a bulk of our work historically has been uh, having to have influence and a presence with players when we're not around physically. And sure obviously forced us to get really good at that and, and yeah. I think one of the things that we found was um, it was an opportunity for us to um, figure out what's best practice for providing support and again even another layer beyond that like how do we actually help players train um, when we're not able to be there in person and I think that's been one of the cool challenges that you know we were afforded during um, quarantine life and and part sure. of for some players who are, are really into the mental game or kind of on the fence about it, it was giving them resources and helping them see tools and things that, you know, for a lot, uh, we had a lot of guys that weren't able to do a lot of the things that they're normally accustomed to, to prepare for a season, a lot of being physically, uh, physical training. And it was a great opportunity for some to kind of invest in their mind and to yeah. re- it to clear it to find a good headspace because we know that as the season gets going it's a marathon and there's all these other phrases that get tossed around with it of being a grind and it's a it's it's not easy there's a lot of challenges that come with it so it was a good opportunity for us to meet players where they were at and and figure out how can we support them um, from afar in many ways and then thankfully once the season got going um, was able to kind of be involved with that and be kind of have some sense of normal um, to what the work typically looks like. Right. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's awesome. Um, I was looking at kind of some of your information in your in your profile. Mental conditioning coach at IMG Academy. Now, IMG Academy, for those tuning in, listening, watching, the pretty, pretty, I would say a top tier program uh, nationwide as far as uh, football, basketball, baseball, things like that. Were you specifically working with just the baseball team there or does your skills, do they transfer between different sports and how, how do they differ if so? I think that's one of the, the coolest things that I've learned. Like my background, my kind of native language in, in sports is baseball. And that was what I okay. played um, in college. And, and what was cool as I transitioned to this world of sports psychology, it yeah. was really fun to see how, so many different tools, techniques, concepts, principles, et cetera, are transferable across different performance settings in different sports. And so I got to go to IMG. One of my favorite parts about being there was the opportunity to work with a whole host of of different athletes, sports that um, I had to learn kind of from ground zero. I didn't really know a ton about them, you know, sports like lacrosse. 
and um, you know, even track and field, like there were sports that I, I watched, but I really didn't know the intricacies behind it. And mm -hmm. I was there, I was fortunate to work during the academy year, during the kind of the school year with um, not just baseball, but also track and field, uh, tennis at one point and also basketball. And, and those were really great experiences because I found that um, I found a lot of crossover and I found tools and things that players were using in one sport that actually could be used and highlighted in another sport too. Um, and so that was a lot of fun. And it's now something that, uh, you know, I love baseball. I love being part of our organization, but that's also yeah. one of the things that I, I certainly miss at times is, is getting a chance to work with some of those other performers. Cause um, I'm just really passionate about studying human excellence. Right any setting and uh there's a lot of people that are doing that in a lot of different uh, areas yeah absolutely absolutely now let me ask you this zach um how did you know we'll, we'll go back a little bit here in, in the timeline how did you know that that psychology was kind of your your calling your thing that you were going to make your career is it is it something that was in your family already do you come from a family of psychologists or is it just something that you were very interested in and this is the route you ended up taking that's a, it's an interesting question because as I reflect on that, I don't know if my family has ever even brought up the term psychologist <laughs> Fair I, enough. And, until I pursued it. So that's actually funny to kind of think about. Um, yeah. I think what's funny also is I started out as a kinesiology or uh, exercise science major and right, right. I a week of anatomy. And I said, this is not for me. Yeah. <laughs> So I switched because uh, I thought okay. psychology. I thought psychology would be easier. Um, mm -hmm. If I'm being fully transparent, that was probably what got was my first step. And then, but as I got into it, I realized how much I was um, intrigued by it and how mm -hmm. I found it was cool to take classes as I was playing in college and base uh, for baseball and mm -hmm. start to apply some of those skills. And I got to see kind of firsthand uh, the benefits of many of them. So that was, I think, one thing that definitely um, for me came to mind. And it's something that I, I feel as though I, I prided myself on as a player was kind of just my composure, being poised, um, you know, having uh, constant being like locked in where it's like, I think most people would have considered me to be pretty low key and laid back. And then yeah. you field and it's kind of like you you flip that switch right and you've got right. edge about you that some that many athletes at the high level have so um it was cool to be able to take some of that stuff and 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 then from there to i was fortunate to discover that there's this whole field out there of people trying to help um train mental skills and and uh help on the psychology or the mental side of sports so uh yeah that's probably what where it all kind of come about but uh okay yeah gotcha gotcha um so let me ask you this correct me if i'm wrong you're working towards your second master's degree now currently uh, in organizational leadership now how will that um add responsibility or add, maybe change your your title um how why i guess are you pursuing a second master's degree and how will it help you moving forward i appreciate that question it's and it's a very like recent development um okay I, what I have found is um, if you had surveyed me two years ago, two plus years ago now from when I started this position, mm -hmm. 
I was under the impression that I could just read leadership books haphazardly off of Amazon. Yeah. And I could consequently just become a better leader. And sure. I've learned that there's a lot more. Um, I've learned that really the best way to grow as a leader is to be in a leadership role or to engage in leadership tasks and responsibilities and projects and whatnot. And so I've learned a lot from a leadership standpoint, um, just with the nature of my role. And yeah. I think with that too, what I found is that I, I really enjoy serving our players in our organization and helping them uh, in their own careers. But I've also share a very similar passion for helping our staff. And I yeah. think that's really what has fueled kind of this second interest, if you will, this, this passion of, you know, we talk a lot, like right now you see player development being a, a very, it's almost a buzz phrase in some ways in, in different sports. It's become quite popular right. for baseball. It's long been known. Um, I've even seen it now at the collegiate level. Like I see football, yeah and uh, baseball and basketball programs have directors of player development. And I yeah. think it's really exciting. Um, what I don't see as much of, at least here in the United States, is people that are focused on staff development and sure. how to help staff um, also, um, or how do you uh, meet the, the needs of staff and help them grow? Because I think what's interesting is, you know, you think about how a lot of coaches coach, they, they typically go off of their own experiences and they haven't yeah. had um, more formal is probably not the, the words that I want, but more formal uh, development in those areas. And I think just having somebody who can, who can kind of be there to be a sounding board and to kind of help identify ways in which different experiences that might help coaches and leaders grow, um, that has kind of become a new a new secondary passion. And uh, I, I will say I know zero about the business side of the world. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, um, I'm very eager because I think that's going to be, uh, I'm going to go outside my comfort zone a bit, this yeah. uh, endeavor, but um, I'm excited and I'm optimistic that it'll have uh, a lot of transfer to the population that I'm serving now. Perfect. Perfect. Um, switching gears again, one more time. How, how do you feel working with you know, the difference between a veteran player and maybe a guy or a kid that's just coming up through the ranks. Is there a little bit of like kickback with what you're trying to practice with these guys from the veterans? Or are they pretty willing to to kind of accept this new way of approaching the game and, and stuff like that or vice versa? Is it more difficult to work with the younger guys coming up? There's advantages and there's probably um, some challenges with both. And it's a continuum okay. as you kind of like, I think touched on there where, um, I think what's exciting in many ways in this field is that in 2021, and uh, there are more high profile athletes talking about the importance of the mental side of the game, mental, yes. health, mental fitness, mental performance. People are talking about working with sports psychologists, working with mental performance coaches, and that's extremely exciting. And so I think what we're seeing is a lot of younger players as they're um, they're getting exposed to some of this stuff in high school, in college. Um, and I think it's helped normalize it in many ways. I think that's, I would say that the level of buy-in and, and receptivity and openness among kind of the younger guys um, that we're seeing make the transition to professional baseball is pretty high. Um, yeah. That's not to say that 
the older players are openly resistant. I, I think for the most part, we've been pretty fortunate that sure. baseball has had a longstanding history of knowing that the mental side of the game is important. But what, what older players have had to do is figure out how to those, what those skills are or how to um, utilize those skills on their own. They haven't had. And so for me and kind of how I've approached that is um, really just learning from them more than anything and and asking them a lot of questions. And I think I I, I apply it really with no matter what the age range or what age level or skill talking with, but I think that the individual is always the expert on themselves and trying to ask them questions, hear, hear from older players, hey, what are the things that you've done that have helped you let go after difficult performances or fail, or, you know, yeah. outings? Uh, what are the things that you've done to maintain your confidence or build your confidence back up when you feel like it's been lost? You know, all those different things. And, and a lot of our older players, what's really cool is despite not ever maybe reading a book or working with someone formally, they share a lot of the same things that I would share now with, with players that um, are coming up through the ranks. So I think that's, that's where I kind of see that continuum. And, and again, I think there's some advantages and challenges on both ends. You know, one quick challenge on the, on the lower level side is like, there's more information out there than ever before, you know, right. so anywhere and find stuff on mental skills and, mm-hmm helping players understand what are some of the like what's quality right like what are the you know we kind of live in this world where a lot of people like hacks and and things that are very easy um and sometimes that's not always um it's probably not always best practice and helping them understand uh what can be or what should be is is part of the challenge too so that's kind of where i see kind of at both ends of the spectrum okay all right i love it and just just for my own curiosity uh, for those watching and listening, baseball, I would say, you can correct me again if I'm wrong, has a little bit of a language barrier, more so than other sports here in North America. Do you experience that firsthand? Is it tougher to get through to some of the guys that are maybe foreign coming in from uh, the Caribbean or, or wherever they may be coming in from, Japan, somewhere like that? Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of the, the cool things. I saw a great graphic the other day that highlighted all of the different uh, nations that are represented in major league baseball and and comparatively to some other sports here in in north america i mean it's quite diverse and yes that's one of the really cool things it's it's certainly one of the challenges for not just the language barrier but you're also you have people that have grown up in different cultures that have different um beliefs and values towards things like mental health and and the mental side of, of not just performance, but life. And so that's one of the things that um, you kind of have to peel back the layers on a bit and, and understand that, although I, I said at the beginning, like mental, mental health has become more normalized here. Mm-hmm. It's primarily, I would say in the States, like I, I can't necessarily say that that's um, representative everywhere else. And so um, I think that's one of the challenges. And then, yeah, for sure, the language barrier can be- okay be a um a, one more barrier that you're having to kind of navigate and, and we're fortunate we have a mental skills coach on our staff who uh does a tremendous job serving our players that are spanish speaking um, okay and then uh also with that one of the things for me uh again one person with you know 200 you know a, a 
immense amount of players in our organization that were late uh, English isn't their first language mm-hmm. for me, what I've tried to do to kind of help support that is uh, is work with our coaches and work with our staff to kind of help um, meet players where they're at so there are times where I'll um, we'll have coaches and staff kind of help translate we're very intentional about sessions or content that we share with players also okay trying to make that available in Spanish or in other languages um, where players can can access that. Because again, those are just one more barrier, you know, it's just one more barrier that right. um, you know, on top of everything else that they're trying to do, they're trying to um, pursue this dream of theirs for not just themselves, but their families back home uh, yeah. in a foreign country. Like there's just so many um, challenges that they have to confront. So uh, for yeah. me, that's something that we have to really leverage all of us as staff um, in that process. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Zach, tell me now, 40 hours a week isn't necessarily what you're working. I I wouldn't imagine in in the position you're in, but if you do have any free time, how are you spending that free time? What, I mean, are you, are you just constantly working, constantly doing research and things like that, even in your spare time, or do you take some time away from the game to mentally kind of let yourself relax a little bit? This is, a, this is a timely question. Our staff okay. recently um, had a, kind of a, a review where we sat down and we, we kind of self-assess where we're at on a lot of different areas. You know, we, we identified what are some of the key uh, qualities, skills, abilities that we need in our role to excel. And one of which was kind of related to just, you know, kind of your own personal well-being and, and self-care. And, I think uh, those who know me well that that I have a hard time shutting off from from okay. stuff, and I think some of it is is certainly advantageous in that like I I really enjoy in quote unquote spare time reading and 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 learning and watching uh, videos and and trying to uh, get as much information as I can that I might be able to use in in our profession and I really enjoy it. At the same time. Uh, we, we also have to remind ourselves that we talk to our players about the, uh, they have more to their lives and their identity than just baseball. And I think the same thing goes for mental performance or really whatever profession that you're in. We wear a lot of hats. We have a lot of different pieces of the pie that make up who you are. And so I, I would say actually one of my um, uh, aspirations, I guess, of 2021 is probably to expand that piece of the pie that um, so it's not as quite as not as much uh, just work related, but uh, sure. I think it's one other thing I would add to that is I'm grateful that I'm in a profession where a lot of these techniques and things that we talk about and we practice with players are applicable, not just for on field sport performance, but also in life. Right. And one of the things that I, I really hold dearly is that I, I try to apply a lot of the same things in my own just day-to-day life um, to recharge, to recover, uh, to just be in a good mental headspace. There's the same things I'm talking about with players. Uh, I try to incorporate on my own. So I think those are a couple of ways, but it's a work in progress. To, to right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, and uh, so baseball season's coming quicker than, than many of us think with pitchers and catchers reporting uh, maybe not as soon as a normal schedule, but soon uh, from my understanding, are you working with these guys leading up to even spring training and stuff? Or are you just responsible kind of for their, their mental preparation and, and mental awareness and things like that during the season? 
Sure. Yeah. It, it's, it's similar really um, as to what it was, you know, during quarantine when we're back kind of early last summer and spring where um, we're trying to meet guys where they're at, you know? And so for some guys, we've, we've given them plenty of space to, to go home and to be with families and to right. uh, do things that they're not afforded really opportunities to do in season, especially in 2020 when a lot of the things that were nor would normally be present for them during the year, like being around their families, families traveling with them on the road, like the, that wasn't, that wasn't there. Um, so for the major league players, uh, you know, there's guys that we'll check in with uh, on occasion. You know, if I just the other day saw a couple of videos or, or articles that I thought were really, really good that I passed along to guys. And sometimes those stimulate conversations and they provide nice, um, reference points for down the road with players. Uh, then there's guys who, like I said, they want, they're a little bit more hands-on. We have another mental skills coach who's doing a lot with some of our players that are uh, rehabbing from injuries at the moment. And she's okay. doing a lot of really great daily training and practice um, with those guys, um, which is, which has been awesome. So we're really kind of, it depends on where guys are at kind of again on that spectrum, but mm -hmm. Um, as we kind of get closer to the season, you know, that's where um, we'll kind of start to make sure that we're like, hey, what, what do you need from us, if anything, um, prior to the year? And, and sometimes that's yeah. those related and sometimes that's like, hey, um, you know, this just to be a sounding board for guys yeah. to, um, as they kind of manage everything else going on in their lives. So, um, yeah, things are will certainly heat up very quickly here. Sure, sure. Yeah, coming sooner than uh, I think most of us think, just because the season's kind of weird with quarantine and everything. But I'm excited for it. I'm a huge baseball fan myself, so I, I can't wait for the season to get rolling. Um, yeah, I, I do this with everyone uh, on the podcast. We spend just a minute or so, maybe a little bit longer. I, I shoot you seven questions your way, and it's it's mostly to get to know you as a person a little bit better, kind of peel back the uh, the layer, if you will, of who you are as a mental skills coordinator and such. Um, they're just very basic questions. You don't have to give me any deep thought or anything unless you feel obligated to. Um, does that sound like something we could handle? Knock out real quick? I love it. Rapid fire. Let's go. Okay. All right. So right off the top, favorite food, whether you're traveling or whether you're local there. In, uh, you're in Arizona, correct? Yeah, in Arizona. Right now? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. In Arizona right now. Uh, yeah, so favorite food? Uh cereal hands down okay yeah pretty much everything cereal like i could eat it at any time of the day okay all right and uh music plays a big uh, factor and, and role i think in mental preparation for some of these guys what is your favorite band or or music genre that you're is your go-to for working out you're doing your own thing maybe studying whatever it is whatever it may be what is your go-to music well, my wife would say whatever's going to make my heart beat out of my chest. Um, okay. <laughs> you would say. Um, so I, I would say I, I do genuinely believe that my music tastes are pretty eclectic for the most part. Um, okay. I will say like working out and whatnot, there's tends to be a lot of EDM and anything. Okay. It gets, it gets my heart rate going to the point where I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. <laughs> right. Right. Fair enough. All right. Next question. All things considered, uh, let's say this scenario is a, a normal scenario, a normal year. Where's your guys's vacation spot? What is the number one spot that's like, we got to go there to get away, to relax, to reset? What's that spot for you? 
Yeah, this might um, this might be cheating, but I would I would say Oregon, which is home for us. Uh, that's where okay. we're from, and we were that was one of the things we were very grateful for in 2020 is we got to spend more time in Oregon than we have since college. And uh, okay. um, um, my heart it will always be in the Pacific Northwest, just for the nature, the green, the the lifestyle, the people. So uh, Oregon is love it top of the list. Okay. Okay. I forgot to mention in the, uh, the kickoff that you also went to Linfield college, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we're, I'm actually in kind of the Whitworth neck of woods. So cool. the, yeah, Whitworth and Linfield play each other in sports. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yep. Good rivalry um, there. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, do you have like a go-to movie? Is there a show that you're watching on Netflix or Hulu or something that kind of makes the time go by maybe even something that's in the background while you're doing paperwork or whatnot? Um, generally a good default in our household is the office. You can't okay. go wrong with the office. I will yeah. say as of right now, um, I love the all or nothing series on okay. prime for those who haven't maybe seen there's, there's several now, and there's some really great sports documentaries. And one right now that we're sifting through pretty quickly is, uh, with the Tottenham Hotspurs in the premier league. So that's, okay. that's been a, a popular one in the last week. Nice. I love it. I love it. And uh, last last thing here, um, as far as these questions are concerned, number one thing on your bucket list. What what are you trying to check off in 2021 or in years to come? Well, hopefully we get a chance to do it in, in 2021. I will say so my, uh, my wife and I, we have this map in our kitchen that is, is where you can scratch off uh, the states and different plate countries and whatnot you visit. Oh, OK. And um, I un unfortunately, I'm embarrassed to say that we don't have a ton of things marked off on it. And obviously, right. 20 made that pretty difficult for right. humanity. But I'm hopeful that, uh, you know, towards maybe the end of this year, as, as things hopefully get back to some sense of uh, quote unquote normal, we'll be yeah. able to travel. I know that's one thing we, we did one um, one trip to uh, Copenhagen when we were. Uh, oh, cool. Oh, and it was, uh, it was a blast and made for plenty of good memories, you know, being lost and, right. being, you know, not sure what the heck you're doing. Like it's just <laughs> people from a different walk of life. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Travel. And I, and I ask everyone this, uh, this isn't necessarily a rapid question. This is a little bit more of a, a lengthy answer, I would say, but what's a piece of advice or maybe uh, a lesson that you learned over the course of your, your studies and now into your career? What's a piece of advice that you would share with a younger version of yourself? Maybe something you would do differently. Maybe something that you're like, hey, stick to your guns. What is the message you would share with a younger version of yourself? Um, so one of the things that I will share with um, sports psych students that yeah. I've thought a lot about in the last you know year or so as I reflect on this field is like, um, there's it's cool when you reach out to folks and you ask them like, Hey, tell me more about your journey um, and your story getting to where you're at. And what's cool is you hear a lot of different versions, right? Like there's right. no one's story is, is um, exactly the same as someone else. And that's really inspiring in many ways. Yeah. It's also really frustrating too, because it'd be a heck of a lot easier if there was a clear cut path. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, I've, talked a lot about is that I think our field um, or in really a lot of different fields, not just sports psychology uh, is kind of this like pathless path where um, there is, it's not clearly defined. And sometimes we confuse where if we're not 
um, you know, you've seen the, the graphs of like this linear progression where you just go from up to the, you know, the move up to the right. Right. That's really how it works. You know, we know that there's plateaus. We know that there's drop offs. We know that there's um, hidden obstacles and things. Sometimes you anticipate and sometimes you don't. And I think I tell a lot of people that every experience that you accumulate can be beneficial, that you can you can use that. And I, and I think that that's something that I found to be really important in, in getting me to where I'm at today is there's a lot of things that I pull from that don't just come from sports psychology. There's things that come from other, other jobs that I've had that looked absolutely zero like sports psychology. Um, okay. I, the analogy that I've, I've referenced lately is, you know, there's difference between following a path and um, playing in a sandbox and, and sure. life should be kind of viewed more as playing in a sandbox where there's no clear-cut guidelines. It's more explorative. It's more experimental. And that's really where we can learn and we can grow. And sometimes we can create things that we never would have thought kind of possible. So I would say um, approach life more like a sandbox than a path. Okay. Career more like a sandbox than a path. Yeah. That would be kind of my, my lesson or reminder to a younger self. Okay. I love it. That was super insightful. That, yeah, that's a good way to look at things and approach things. So where can we connect with you on social media? Zach, are you pretty active? Are you, I, I know I follow and connect with you on LinkedIn and even on Twitter. Um, where can some of the, the younger guys and girls that are maybe listening or watching see some of the articles you're sharing and things like that? Yeah, both, both of those mediums are good. I, I apologize good. to anybody that already does if I'm blowing up their feeds with spam. <laughs> I post. I, I probably am a little bit too much on it, but Twitter's good um, at MVP underscore mindset. Um, okay. I also have Instagram. I'm not, I don't really do a ton on Instagram, but um, okay. P underscore mind and then LinkedIn. Um, people can find me and any of those mediums feel, feel free to reach out. Cause I'm, yeah. I always enjoy connecting with people and, and uh, you know, again, hearing different people's stories and experiences. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your out of your crazy busy schedule. Um, and I appreciate you just sharing some stories and some insight for even myself to apply moving forward. Um, hopefully the season goes well for you. Hopefully the Diamondbacks are uh, chasing a pennant this year. We'll see. But uh, just know, yeah, it's cool that you get to know that you have a hand in in their success on a day to day basis. And, and I appreciate you sharing some of those insider secrets, if you will, with us. So thank you. Yeah. No, thanks for having me on, Jake. Uh, enjoyed it. And if I can do anything for, for you or, or uh, anyone listening at any point in the future, don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks again, Zach, so much. Yeah. Hi, guys and girls. There you have it. There's the episode. I hope you guys loved what you heard or what you watched. Again, do us a huge favor, share this with your friends, share it on social media, blow this bad boy up. Not like literally, but like just share it. You know what I mean? You know, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I love you guys. Thanks for your support. Keep showing it love. Be kind to your friends, to your neighbors, to your family. Show everybody love, man. We need a little bit more clear communication and uh, just love in this world, man. So. Love thy neighbor, love yourself, treat yourself, girlfriend or boyfriend. <laughs> and uh, thanks for listening to All the Best Things. Peace.